WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Break the wall! At every hockey game in every NHL city, they chant the name of both goalies. If it's the home goalie, it's like Murray, Murray, Murray. If it's the away goalie, it's like Murray, Murray, Murray. It works with any goalie whose last name has two syllables. Hold B, hold B, or hold B, hold B. This didn't work so well with, say, John Van Beesbrook. Now, my question is, why is saying the goalie's name one way supposed to encourage him and saying it the other way is supposed to taunt him? Do you think the goalie recognizes the difference? Perhaps, probably, he doesn't pay attention at all. But hey, don't forget, Quato dropped the ball. Pittsburgh made Quato drop the ball. And that's why the Pirates won that playoff game for a change. So hey, People who think they're distracting the goalie. This is for you. Jerk-offs. 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 And guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cut on a name you can trust. Style 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. It's a distinct pleasure right now to welcome in studio, in blazing stereo, he is a radio legend, noted author, and gentleman farmer. <laughs> he is the great Scott Paulson. Scott, is that an apt description, gentleman farmer? That is an apt description. I am a gentleman on most days, and I am a farmer on most days, and some days I'm both. So, so there you go. I know this is a loaded question, but how are you? I've been really ill. That's what I hear. Yeah, I don't Hence know. Hence the question. I don't know what's up. I uh, my, my whole life, I've had this uh, body that has uh, run like a finely tuned, well-oiled machine. And the last couple of months, I've, you know, thrown a rod and blown a gasket and had puddles in the driveway and all, everything's falling apart on me. I had a, uh, a bad car wreck like a week before Christmas on I-70. Me and a triaxle truck. Ooh. Tangled. Truck one. Uh... All the judges' cards. Truck one. <laughs> Totaled the car. The ambulances and the fire trucks and everybody arrived, and they took a look at me and asked if I was okay, and I said, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine. Great car, you know, one of those big German cars that they invaded Poland with. But it was totaled. I went home feeling fine. Six weeks later, I wake up in the middle of the night with a searing headache. I mean, worst headache I've ever had, like an ice pick in the middle of the head. Two o'clock in the morning. So I get up and I take whatever we have in the house. Tylenol, Motrin, whatever it is. Nothing. Nothing. Next night, I mean, it goes away in three or four hours. Next night, same thing. Two o'clock in the morning. Searing headache. And this went on for a week. So finally I go to the doctor. And that doctor sends me to another doctor. And that doctor sends me to a neurologist. And the neurologist says, you're having cluster migraines which I'd never even heard of. You're having cluster migraines. Okay. So they take a bunch of pictures of my brain, make sure nothing's wrong with me. Everything's fine. Everything checks out. I'm having cluster migraines. And the doctor gives me four different medications. And on my way out the door, she says, and you know this because you've dealt with doctors, they all speak in code. The doctor says to me, your body may not tolerate some of these meds. I don't really know what that means, but having lived it, it through this, it doesn't sound encouraging. I can tell you what it means. It means 
This stuff is going to mess you up. Now, I've had a fair amount of experience with drugs. Let's put it that way. Over the counter, under the counter, under the door, whatever. They gave me this drug for headaches. It was an inhaler. And it said on the label, when you feel a headache coming on, snort this junk or something to those words. So the first time I felt a headache coming on, I did just that. Two o'clock in the morning, once again, same kind of headache, middle of the night. I huff this stuff. And I'm not lying to you, within five minutes, no headache. It erased this headache. It was like, wow, that's a good drug. So every time I got a headache over the next couple of weeks, I snort the stuff and it would erase the headache. Now, what I didn't realize, it was also racing like my brain. I was so stupid on this drug, but no headaches. The middle of March, I'm out in the yard, I'm up in a tree. All I have on is a, a life preserver and an umbrella. And I've got like a thimble for my wife's sewing kit on. And I've got a raw Pop-Tart, not even toasted. And I realized I'm not tolerating... That's a true story. ...this drug. So I call the doctor. You made that up. No, I call the doctor and I tell her I'm not tolerating the drug. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you have a choice. You can either let your body catch up to the drug, which it will eventually, or we'll put you on a different drug. And I thought, well, I could either have a headache or not be able to do... Long math, you know, so it's like I never like math, long division, so I'll I'll stay on the drug. So after a couple more weeks, your body does catch up to it. That's the good news. And I started losing these headaches. So mid-March, end of March, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm starting to get off the drugs. I feel like I can go back to work. Sitting at the dining room table, first Friday in May, eating dinner with my wife. This would be a good book, by the way, your second book. And my heart... We're going to talk about hearts for a second because you, you, this is close to home. My heart is the Ringo star of hearts. It's not anything flashy. It's not anything anybody <laughs> would brag about. It just keeps a nice, steady beat four, four time. You don't even notice it's there. So I'm sitting at dinner with my wife, and suddenly my heart starts doing like Tommy Lee, full of cocaine, drum solo. Paradiddles. It's like, and it's whacked out my heart is like doing all these different wild beats and i'm trying to act as though nothing's wrong because i've been married to this woman long enough to know that if you show anything on your face you're going to end up in the hospital last thing i want to be is in the hospital so i'm trying to fake my way through dinner and she of course knows something's wrong and she goes what's up and i was like "Eh, heart so she comes over and feels my pulse and sure enough my heart is like whacked out for no reason whatsoever so off to the er we go they put me in the hospital. This is the first weekend in May. This is on top of the headaches. Put me in the hospital, and they hook me up with all these tubes and, and wires and stuff. Been there. And they say, well, what you have is atrial fibrillation, which is hard to say. I say, what is it? They say, well, it's pretty simple. Your heart's got four uh, rooms, two on the bottom, two on, on the top. If you, get a, if you get a problem with the two on the bottom, that's a heart attack. If you get a problem with the two on the top, that's atrial fibrillation. It's not that dangerous, it's not that uncommon, you're going to be okay. Well, okay, great. Unless blood has pooled in your heart, and then it'll push blood clots all through your system, go to your brain, and it'll kill you. Other than that, it's fine. So we'll give you a choice. You can go home and call the cardiologist on Monday, or you can stay here, and we'll take a look at you and make sure everything's fine, and then Monday the cardiologist will come in. And I said, well, I'll go home. And my wife said, no. (laughs) 
So I was in the hospital all weekend long. And on Monday morning, they do this procedure on me in which they're going to take a camera, put it down my throat, and look at my heart, some kind of an x-ray machine. And then if they see that there's nothing wrong with the heart, if the heart is strong and, and I have no blood clots, they're going to shut my heart down and restart me with electricity. Like, you know, on TV when Another they go, clear, reference. clear, boom. That's what they're going to do. I'm like, uh, okay. So that's what they do. I go into this big room. It's a big open room. It's the uh, anesthesia recovery room. And there's just like partitions between beds. And it's all kinds of patients. And a lot of them are coming out of anesthesia. Now, I don't know whether you know this or not. I didn't know it because I've never been a hospital person. I've never been ill. But when you're coming out of anesthesia, quite often... You curse. You say what's ever on your mind, apparently. <laughs> and you, and so, you did. So I did not. No, I'm, la- I'm, I'm not under anesthesia oh, oh, yet. Oh. I'm laying there, and there's a guy on the other side of the partition, and he's going at it. I mean, every, every word you can think of, just whatever you can think of in your mind right now, he's shouting them all. That's on one side. On the other side, there's a woman who's there for the same procedure I'm there for. They're going to put a camera down her, take a look at her heart. So the cardiologist comes in, and while I'm laying on this gurney, on the gurney next to me, he's doing this procedure, and I'm laying there listening to it. Well, not only is he doing it, but he's teaching another doctor, a Russian doctor, how to do the procedure. So I'm laying there waiting to have this done to me, and this guy's going, no, 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 you want to you put that in a little, a little easier, and you turn that till it, you see the axis. Now, let's pull it out and try that again. An hour of that. So Tommy Lee is really going to town. Now, I mean, my heart is... <laughs> so they put me under... I wake up half an hour later, and I'm fine. And they send me home like nothing ever happened. Strangest, strangest little adventure I ever had. So while I'm there in the hospital, they're asking me questions, constant questions. People in white coats are coming with a stethoscope. They're listening to your heart. They're listening to your back, and they're asking you a list of questions. And the list of questions goes like this. They say, how old are you? Um, Do you smoke? Have you ever smoked? Do you drink? So I've never smoked. And they say, do you drink? I say, well, yeah. How much do you drink? So I say, well, honestly, not a lot. I probably, I probably have a couple of beers a couple times a week. No major deal. Okay. Do you do any street drugs? <laughs> street drugs? What's a street drug? The first person, the first doctor said, well, how about marijuana? And I said, yes. Well, how much do you do? And I say, yeah, a couple of beers a couple times a week. Then he says, cocaine. And I said, no. And then he says, any other street drugs? I'm like, no. Three hours later, another doctor, another intern, another somebody comes in with a white coat, and they ask you the same questions. Now, literally, I'm not exaggerating, seven times the first day I was there. They're trying to break you down. Same list. So I thought, exactly, I thought, being the smart ass that I am, I'm just (laughs) just going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. To everything they say, just to see what the list would be. Where do you go after marijuana, cocaine? What would now in your mind? What would you think the next drug would be? Meth. You'd go marijuana, coke, meth, right? Heroin. Heroin would be on Oxy. there. Oxy. I would think oxy would be. If you're going to do a list, I would think actually opiates would be probably third, and then meth. But I'm thinking, at what point did they go to huff and paint? Because really, now you're <laughs> now you're getting into my neighborhood. But everything's fine, but it's been a weird, weird couple of months. But you're feeling better. I am. I'm that, good. That's the main thing. That is the main that thing. That reminds me, when I had uh, my second stent put in. Yeah. 
uh, at AGH, they have like a central room with all these little rooms off the central room. So the doctor can go in the central room and, you know, look at notes, prepare, and then he goes in the rooms and performs the procedure. So he was, they don't put you out. They put you fairly under, but not out. Twilight. So so I'm, I'm, I'm there waiting to have my stent done. And the doctor looks at a, a uh, x-ray and says to the nurse, Oh my God! This is a lot worse than I thought. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and I go, oh, and I and I put my hand up like this. I go, I can hear everything. And he goes, he goes, I swear, he goes, Oh, not you, the other guy. And so afterwards, I go, Hey, you know, and the snet was in. Afterwards, I go, Hey, you know, were you talking about me or not? He goes, No, no, I really wasn't. I tell you now, you, you're fine. Well, that's they they say never go in the kitchen at a restaurant. They say never see the sausage we make. It's the same thing. It's like these these guys have done this over and over and over again. I was probably the seventeenth person they did this to the whole crew. But they're talking about you know the penguins and they're talking about some TV show. And I'm like, could you please pay more attention to what's going on? And then when I'm coming out of the anesthesia, thinking to myself, don't curse, don't curse, don't curse. There's the 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 doctor, and the doctor wants to talk radio. Men, he wants to talk radio. Do you know this person? Do you know that person? Do you know Mark Madden, et cetera, et cetera? Did he really say well, that? Um, yeah, of course. I'm big so among the meth crowd. You are among the heart crowd. <laughs> so, so we're having this conversation, and finally, I had to stop this guy and say, "Hey, what about me? What happened there? Is everything all right? Can we get back to that?" I love to talk radio all day with you, but really. you should have said it's this kind of procedural ineptitude that's made me turn to street drugs. <laughs> We'll be back with more Scott Paulson. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Double M in studio with radio legend Scott Paulson. Do you feel uncomfortable when I call you radio legend? Because yeah. you are. Yeah. Gentleman farmer's better? Yeah, well, either way. I mean, if you want to call me that, that's How fine. How about user of street drugs? All right, there you go. <laughs> there, street drug victim. If, if I would chant but your why, But why that term? That, that was what was killing me about the, you know, I was trying to come up with something else because... Street drug was such an odd thing for them to, na to name whatever they were trying to go after. And then I tried to think of another name. There really isn't anything that else that you can call it. So I guess street drugs. All right. <laughs> now, we had the author of a book about Caddyshack on earlier. Uh, yeah. Where do you weigh in on Caddyshack? Because you and I were just talking off air about National Lampoon Magazine. And Caddyshack, obviously, is a product of the people who, who did the magazine. It's a movie without a plot. Right. It's so funny. How do you how do you reflect well, the on Caddyshack? The, it's just a, it's a series of characters, and uh -huh. the characters are excellent, every one of them. And it's one of the few instances where Chevy Chase is used correctly. Yes, right, and allowed himself to be used correctly. All right, and it, and it worked out perfectly. And I and understand uh, you know that Bill Murray wasn't supposed to be as uh, prevalent as he was in the film. I thought they were smart to use him the way that they used him because he was funny. And, and there, I mean that's the bottom line. Does it make you laugh? You can't really analyze it or overanalyze it. If it makes you laugh, it makes you laugh. And I can't tell you why, but that is one of them that just kills me. And Absolutely not everything's supposed to be gone me. with the wind either. Right. Right. Now, are movies today too cliched? I, I was complaining about this before. All we see are remake sequels, reimaginings, and superhero movies. And I hate friggin' superhero movies. Well, that's the theater. You know, that the thing about today is that you have so many different places to see uh, a two-hour film. Or two-hour video production, or two-hour production, or an eight-episode miniseries. There's so many different places to see them. You don't have to go to the theater, but when you go to the theater on the big screen, that's pretty much what you're going to get. You're going to get these gigantic extravaganzas because they're made for big screen. Very seldom anymore uh, are you going to get a, a small story on a big screen, but you get them in a lot of different places. Yeah, but but the small story that's a good story, it, it frustrates me. Well, for example, 
three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Did you see that? Yes. It was brilliant. Right. Uh, it grossed $159 million. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 grossed $389 million, which begs the question, what is wrong with us? It's, it's who is going to the movies. Well, it's kids, a lot of kids. Right? That's who is going to the movies. And, and once again, it's who is watching pay-per-view TV, who is watching uh, cable, who is watching uh, Netflix, who's watching things on their computers. It's just a different place to get funding for your story. If you have a story, there's a hundred places now to get it funded and, and get it produced. What do you find entertaining at this point in your life? Uh, you mean video-wise? Anything. Oh, uh, I still listen to music. That's the that's the first place I always go. Old music, go. new music, what kind uh, of music? All of the above. All of the above. More old music because I have more of it in my house. Right. But I do listen to new music as well. Um, but I start with music. Everything, I usually have uh, some kind of, of music going on all the time. I'm the same way. Go ahead. Keep so going. I start with music. And then I go to uh, TV. I like TV because television now is, is theater. And you can watch it anytime you want to watch it in any order that you want to watch yes. it. You don't have to pay attention to their schedule. And you don't have to watch commercials. So I would go music, television, books are third. And, uh, you know, sports on television as well. I love sports. Um, but no longer being an analyst or, or to ha having to have an opinion about sports, I find that I watch sports differently now. Completely yeah. differently. Sports are, in, in some ways, ruined for me because of exactly what right. you're talking about. Right, and if, if you do this for as long as you've been doing it, I don't know there, whether you're ever going to be able to go back to, to what you were when you were 15 or 16 years old and you had a passion for it and, and you watched it. I often think about, I would love to see this and not know anything about the players anything well, so every once in a while i'll see something on tv that i don't watch like i don't watch the nba i've tried over and over again it just it never connected with me but in the playoffs i'll turn on an nba game because i don't know anything about it i'm just watching a game like you would watch it in and when you were a kid a story's going to be told you don't know because i don't know anything yeah. about the story so but now i think we know so much about sports that that sometimes it, it gets to be you're having an argument about trite things like the national anthem or, you know, a goalie that isn't even playing in the playoffs anymore. You know, so you're having these arguments. About Trite's these trite. a good word. Yeah, they, well, they're pointless arguments. But, but you know, you, you did the same thing I do. That's, that's they're, they're entertaining. And it's necessary. Sure. Because it's a long three hours. Sure. But, but uh, you know, you mentioned before, the one thing that's my outlet to, to recapture the passion I had as a kid is soccer. Sure. Is Liverpool because we don't talk about that on this show except for fleeting mentions. So that kind of rekindles. Yeah. Because I, I and I've never met the guys. They're still like larger than life to me. You know, it's just it's just different. Now the music thing I want to ask you, when's the last time a new group really uh inspired you, really, really turned you on? Um I'm gonna have to say really turned me on Jake Bug. So that's maybe five years ago. I don't get that impressed that easily. Uh, Black Keys, the first couple of CDs, which were five or six years ago. Once again, you go back five, six, seven years. So lately, within the last two years, nothing comes to mind. I'm curious to hear your opinion of Greta Van Fleet. Have you heard Greta Van Fleet? No, haven't heard Greta. Oh, you see, they're, they're, they're a bunch of kids, legitimate kids, like 18 through 21. Right. And they do a Zeppelin knockoff. Okay. But it's a great Zeppelin knockoff. And if Zeppelin knocked off Holland Wolf and Willie Dixon, I don't see why 20-year-olds today can't knock sure. off Led Zeppelin. Sure. It's just, everything's the same. The, everything repeats and everything's the same. That's what that's what you begin to to realize uh, the older you get. 
Nothing really is new. There's just a new take on an old thing, and that's cool. As long as uh, as as long as it takes talent, as long as you show talent, and as long as you can get up in front of people and sell it, and have the heart behind it to make people believe in whatever you're doing. I, I'm impressed. And you really have to make them believe now because there's not much money to be made even if they do believe. I don't know how people... It's just a different industry. Now. I don't know how people make a living. I guess it's just it's it's concert ticket uh, money because it's not selling your music. Your music is free, almost free, to everybody yes. that wants to get it. So there's no money that way. I don't know how you make a living. I guess touring. What, what's your take on all the old-time groups still touring? Some are good, some are not. I see a ton of them still. I, I don't like to watch it. I'm impressed when somebody can sing at the age of 75. It's like, that's cool. But I think It's music, never the same, though. No. As music, much as I still like yep. to see it and listen to it, it's never the same. Well, it's a moment. That's the, whole, that's the whole attraction to music for me. It's a moment. It just exists for one moment. It's like uh, uh, David Gilmore once said about, about uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. He wished that he could have heard that record all in one sitting for the first time ever, like people that bought the record heard. Right, right, it's right. It's the same thing for any record that you have, or hearing, or hearing a song on the radio, or hearing it somewhere uh, coming out of somebody's house as you're riding your bicycle by. You know what I mean? So it's a moment. So the longer they stick around, the 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 I shouldn't say the less, but the difference will be how you feel about something the five hundredth time you've heard it. As opposed to the first time you've heard it. You will never feel that feeling of the first time hearing something. Well, I used to get angry at Robert Plant because he wouldn't put Zeppelin back together, save for that, you know, show like, what was it, 10 years ago, 07, that they right. did in London? Right. Which, which was very good, by the way, but that was kind of a just melding of everything they were for one last time. Because I, I saw Plant this uh, about in February in New York, you know, with his solo stuff. And I've come to realize that even though he could have put, you know, a better bedside manner on not wanting to do it, he couldn't do it. Now no. he couldn't do it. Right. And that doesn't mean he's bad, good, indifferent. It just means he can't do it. Well, there's a no-win situation for him, and there's a no-win situation where people don't want to play their hits. Uh, if you pay the money, you're paying you know, $70 a ticket, $75 a ticket, you want to see the hits. No matter how passionate you may be about it, you want to see the stuff that you heard for the first time on that record. And if they don't want to play it, that's going to make you upset one way or the other. There's no way for, it to, for them to win. And the reason that they became big was be usually because they were doing something different, not because they were doing this something the same. So there's it's a no-win situation. Right, to keep making money, they got to compromise what they probably believed in in the first place. I like bands that I like bands that the every single release that they put out is something different, moving forward, trying new stuff. I don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. That's Scott Paulson. We're going to procure some street drugs during the break, and we'll be back <laughs> with more in just a moment on 105.9. The X at 105.9. Mark Madden with Scott Paulson in studio here on The X. Uh, now, you, you among your many radio duties, you hosted a sports talk show on point. How much sports do you currently watch? And what? Uh, I watch baseball. Uh, I watch the NHL playoffs. I watch the Penguins. When they were on, I followed them. I'm not big on the NFL. Um, I'll watch every once in a while. I'll watch the NFL. I will watch uh, PBR, professional bull riding. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I like it live, too. We went to one in Avella, Pennsylvania, and that wasn't a PBR. That's like the very, very, very beginning. 
the smallest you can like do. Like the minor leagues of bull riding. Below I like, my, it. like the independent league. I mean, it's that small. Now, are there major league bulls? Or are these like mm-hmm. kind of amateur up-and-coming bulls as well? I think that they may have been the, the same thing as independent baseball. I think it's both uh, uh, young bulls who have not proven themselves and old bulls who have been put out to pasture and just won't give the game up. So either way, that's what you got. But in this one, a guy got gored down in, in Avella, gored by one of the bulls right in the, right in the throat. And they had to stop the whole thing. They came Did out there die? with an ambulance. I don't know. They went there with an ambulance, put a trach tube on him, and hauled him away. And then it was over for the night. And everybody had to go home because they only had one ambulance there. So it was like, okay. So that was, that was it. Everybody watched. We watched like five guys ride, and that was it. But that's the thing about PBR, not to get off on a tangent. No, no, this is You good. can die playing that sport. Right. I mean, that's, the, you know, I'm sure you can die playing any sport, hockey especially, but... This is one where there's not like there's not a multi hundred pound animal on right. the on the rink during a hockey game. And there aren't uh like like these guys, there's not a long career. You know, you're gonna do this for three or four years, even That's if it. you're good. Because you can't put up with that for too much longer. Now, uh to ask a cliched question I was speaking about before you came on, what should they do about the national anthem thing in football? And has that caused a disconnect with fans? I don't know whether it's caused a disconnect with fans and to be honest with you, I don't care uh, what they do about the national anthem. I, I don't either, but, I, but, but it appears they have to do something. I don't remember for their sake. Not I don't like you. Don't I, you don't care? Nor do I. I don't. I only remember the national anthem at sporting events because of the person singing it was either really good or really bad. Right. It's like the first. It's like the ceremonial first pitch in baseball. It's like I only remember the ones that were really bad. <laughs> it's like I can remember those. But the same thing with the national anthem. If and. I'm like you. I'll support your right to protest anything you want to protest, although it rubs me the wrong way if you're not saluting the flag. Uh, that's just the way I was raised. But neither of those things matter to me when it comes to professional sports. I watch sports for the game. Right. I don't I don't even watch it for the analysts. I don't want to see uh, camera shots of fans. I don't like fans. I'm a fan. I know what fans are. I don't like them. So I don't want to see them. I don't want the part of my life. I don't care what they look like. I don't care anything about them or their dogs or what their about babies the kids, or their though? food. What about the kids? And why would somebody take like a two-year-old kid to a baseball game anyway? Because you're a moron. That's a pretty straight-up answer. Same thing with a hockey game. What are you thinking? So anyway, I don't want to see them. I just want to see the ball game. And I don't want to hear you talking about them if you're an announcer. I want to hear you talking about the ball game. If I want to go see a big crowd of people, I'll go get in a big crowd of people and look at them. I don't want to do it on t- on my TV. No, all absolutely correct. But but the way sports is presented now, it's, it's cause of social media, which is the downfall of everything. Right. I think you would agree. <laughs> right. But, but it, it's, it's a cue from social media in that, they want to make the fans feel as if they're participating. Right. But what really makes sports special is not everybody can participate. Exactly. I agree. And and unless you got the bucks, you're not going to be going to these games. So I guess this is a, a big uh, a feather in your cap. Hey, I could afford a ticket to this game. I can afford to bring my two-year-old child into right. the game who, who will remember nothing of exactly. it ever. Exactly. And hopefully we'll get on TV. Oh, it's my... Don't get me started, because one thing I hate worse than life itself is at Penguin Games. Every kid between the ages of, of three, whatever walking age is, and like eight, goes down to the glass and has a sign that says, please give me a puck, please give me a stick, please give me your jersey, please give me half your next paycheck. We have taught our children to beg, and it is unseemly, and like... 
And like I, I, I know there's been some trouble at, at the Penguin game. I mean, nothing drastic, but adults will say, "Hey, these kids are standing in my seat. They're getting in my way," and they get told, "Oh, they're just kids." Well, okay, but this is my seat, right? You know, it just I don't know. I'm I'm not a. I think the whole thing with doing everything for kids. I understand their kids. Maybe they should try to do something for themselves once in a while. If I don't, uh, I, I don't have an opinion, and my opinion doesn't count because I don't have children. Me neither. I, yeah, so I don't have, so I have no opinion. That on won't it. stop me. Yeah, I know. That's good for you. <laughs> that's why you still got a job, and that's why I don't have one. That's what oh, it please. is. Oh, please, that replace me with you in a second. <laughs> and may yet after this show. So while we're talking about baseball, let's talk about yes. baseball because I, I love baseball. So I want to, I want to hear your opinion. My question for you is this: If the Pirates end up being a, a, a competitive, I'll put it that way. This entire season, and if the moves that that front office made during the off season pan out, if Musgrove comes along and he he's an actual starting pitcher, well, that's the key because because Dickerson displaced McCutcheon not directly, but if Dickerson keeps this up, that's a, that's a win for the Pirates. Oh, he's more than he he more than replaced him, yes. and I I love Kutch. I think he was one of the greatest sports heroes to ever walk the earth in this town. Hated it when they got rid of him. Of his but, generation, certainly. But, exactly. But statistically, it's not even a wash. Dickerson's having a much, much better season. Third baseman, not bad. You picked yourself up a third baseman. Serviceable. Hips, uh, can he hit both sides, left and right? No, but still serviceable. Early days yet, both good and bad for Moran. All early. It's And it's all early. We're still sitting in May. But if they do, if they are competitive, my question is, do the fans of the Pittsburgh Pirates, forgive that front office? I don't know. That's a real good question because they're doing real well right now. Right. And attendance is disastrous. Right. Like, they're averaging like 15K a game. They're averaging 30K a game just three years ago. And it doesn't take, you know, a, a degree from Harvard to figure out that disassembling the team in 2015 has had a trickle down to this point. Right. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what it'll take to get the fans who have disconnected to reconnect. And it's not... Everybody. I mean, people are still going. I think people are going less. I don't think people have, have, have stopped going, period. I think a lot of people just go less. Uh, I think the minimum acceptable goal for them this year is to make the playoffs. Because when you've had the three years like they had from 13 through 15, you can't create an artificial bar where, okay, this is a good season if we're 500. Right. Or if we contend. You made the playoffs three years in a row. That's the bare minimum you have to do now. And I think if they do that, they will get a lot of fans back. But I don't think it'll happen this year. I think it'll take making the playoffs. I think it's an interesting division. I really do. I, I Everybody's picking the Cubs to run away with it. And no, they're not so going to. They're not going to. Not going to happen. So far, Milwaukee, I love Milwaukee. I love I love that team. I like the makeup of the team. I like the way that team looks on the field. I like I what their front office got does, too. On. They, they, yeah. add, they add good on to what they got. Right. And that's my big worry, Scott, on behalf of the Pirates, is that if they're contending near the deadline, that St. Louis, Chicago, and Milwaukee will add far more than they do. Oh, sure. And that'll expose the front office again. That'll be a time when the fans should be lured back a little bit, and they could be pushed away by inaction. And what do you think about Zhang Ho Gong? If he has the if he, if he has the ability to hit a baseball and the ability to get back into the major leagues, do you think he's back on this team? Yes. Okay. And I think he should be. I think. I mean, I wouldn't want him to drive. You know, no, I'm not <laughs> we're even not asking. We're not no, asking. No, him. no but, but there's some people who think in today's day and age that once you commit a crime or something right. untoward, you should never have a second chance right. at anything. 
Uh, I talked on the show yesterday. I don't know if you've read this story. It was in the New York Times and Sports Illustrated this week. But there's a pitcher from Oregon State who uh, confessed to molesting his six-year-old niece when he was 15. And he claims now he did not do it, but that was the way to get the legal process out of the way, and that's what the family wanted. Now, who knows what happened, Mm. and that's a terrible thing. I mean, unspeakably terrible, but he's also the best pitcher in college baseball. The story broke last year, got revealed. He was eligible for the draft. Nobody drafted him. This year he'd be a first-round pick. It doesn't look like anybody's going to draft him again. I get it, but like a college coach said about the guy, what's he supposed to do, kill himself? Right. You know, and, and I don't know what he's supposed to do, and I don't know what should be done with him. That is that is one of the most complex questions regarding a situation like this I can think of. Well, it is, and, and it goes comes back to the thing of, of knowing all about your players, knowing all about their lives, knowing everything about them. I think it's fun, and I think it's great if you're into it, but there's also a part of me that wishes it would, would have all gone away. Um, I think if we knew back in the day, Whitey Ford, uh, Mickey Mantle, uh, Billy Martin, those big drinking Yankees teams. Barroom brawlers. Um, uh, Willie Mays, who, who was a speed freak. You know, all these things you learn later in life. Had we known them at the time, I think those guys would have not been the heroes that they were. Sometimes not knowing is, is a lot more powerful than knowing. Yeah, and I would be just as comfortable not knowing as, as much as that sounds like sticking your head in the stand, but that gets us back to social media. What What is your take on social media? You, you participate. I do. It seems very grudgingly. <clears throat> I do. But you well, do no, participate. No, I do participate. I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook. On Facebook, I post an album a day. I put an album up that I like and that I listen to, and I just tell the story of the album or I give an opinion on it, review that's that's basically all I do on Facebook. I like Facebook because I can stay in touch with my relatives that are out of town and I get to see their kids, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. But I think, once again, being a communicator like you are and being a communicator for life like I am, if you can't put words together and you can't make your uh, statement and you have to result to sixth grade trashing somebody all the time, there's something wrong in your head. Well, see, I'm guilty of doing that by way of retaliation, which I shouldn't. In fact, every so often I take I take a sabbatical from Twitter in terms of responding to people. I'll still post stuff, right? But I, but like for six weeks now, I haven't responded, and I'm hoping I can drag it out to six months or six years. Because honestly, I'm a lot happier not being involved in that mess because this sounds very elitist to say, but like you said, if those people can't put words together and they have to stoop to that level and drag me to that level, they don't count. And interacting with them is a mistake on my part or anybody's well, part. Well, I think, I think it's a tool. And how you use the tool is up to you. But don't blame the tool. It's like, you know, don't don't blame social media for the people that are on social media. It's not the tool itself. It's just how it's used. Yeah, it, but it's, it's frustrating. Because, it, it, like, I would like to interact with the reasonable people. But when you start interacting with the reasonable people, you know, who are asking, you know, a legitimate question about Penguins, Gold Team, whatever, you know, it gets like, oh, you fat F, you know, you just, you know, want right. to get you know, Murray on your show, blah, blah, blah. Ignoring the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury was arguably on my show more than any Penguin ever. Right. You know, so it just, it, it just is just uh, a cesspool. It absolutely is. You are not. I am so. You are not. I am so. That's what it gets down to after a while. But I do really love pictures <laughs> of kitties. So as many pictures well, I like of the heavy metal cats. cats. Have you followed that? Yes, all heavy the cats, cats all the puppies, puppies, cats, and babies. That's what I'm into these days. Well, what I also like too is I can take a tweet of an interesting picture, post it on wxdx.com, 
and fulfill my contractual obligation for a blog that day. Yes. It's, I can get it done in 70 seconds on a good day. <laughs> Sometimes a bit more than that. So what the now, – now, this has been great having you on. I mean, you, you are Thanks. seriously as, as good as they, they come when it comes to conversational radio. Uh, and and you're, you're younger than me, I think. 59 tomorrow. I'm fi- oh, happy birthday in Thank advance. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 59 I'm, I'm 57. Do you, do you miss doing it all the time? I've asked you that before, but yeah, but- I I do. There, I I miss the the uh the, the actual doing the show. I miss completely. Love to do it. I, I could do that every day for the rest of my life. Right. Everything else that's involved with it, I don't miss. It's like everything else that's involved around. I don't. Doing- you could tell that you hit a nerve just there. Yeah. Well, no, I, I just kind of flinched. No, I know just, what you all mean. It is. It's, uh, so so all that. I could do without, and, and I'm happy to do without. But the actual doing a radio show, I love it. See, you were, you were. I don't know if I ever told you this. You were really good at sports. I didn't expect oh, that when you came from, you know, the FM morning type thing. But you put a fan's viewpoint on it right. that was also a logical viewpoint on it. You weren't just some blithering fan, nor were you the expert. You were the exact marriage of that, which I think is is great. And it was really not successful. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> It was too good. That's the problem. Oh, that's what it is. It was too good. Sure, that's it was art. It was really artistic. <laughs> that's yeah, like Michael yeah. Keaton and Night Shift. They threw me out of Atlantic City for being too good a player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, were you up? No, I was down 500, but I was still too good a player. <laughs> we'll feed mayonnaise to the tuna. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, great stuff. Thank you so much again for joining me. Let's do it again. Thanks, Mark. That is Scott Paulson. Time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Thanks to Scott Paulson for joining me. I could I could have him on every day, the whole show. Nobody better at radio than Scott Paulson. Uh, a little plug, the Riverhounds advanced in the U.S. Open Cup. Riverhounds have played 10 games this year, haven't lost yet. That's in all competitions. And uh, they play tomorrow night against Cincinnati at Highmark. Cincinnati's a real good team. That'll be a, a real good matchup. And that's the competition where if you keep winning, eventually you play MLS teams. And uh, I think the Riverhounds will be competitive against even that level, so check that out tomorrow night at Highmark. Time now to Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Chipino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so check out Chipino in the strip. Let's go to Ben in Beaver Falls. Ben, Ask Mark Anything. Ben, you there? I guess he's not. He was going to ask me my favorite Philly cheesesteak restaurant, according to the, the, uh, the call screener. And you know what it is? It's Chickie and Pete's. That's like a chain. I think there's one at, at PNC Park, but it's real big around Philadelphia. I've tried like the, the, the two famous ones, I forget what they're called, that are right next to each other. They're not very good. Chickie and Pete's is good. Those other ones, they're all rep and no cheesesteak. Let's go to uh, Chuck and Youngwood. Chuck, ask Mark anything. Hey, uh, Mark. I'm- I'm getting my favorite. I'm getting a pizza right now, and my my question for you was, what do you like at your pizza? Where are you getting it at? Uh, I'm just getting a little Caesar's pizza right now. Just stopped there to get a little Caesar's pizza. But my goodbye. I know what you want. Goodbye. We have so much great pizza in Pittsburgh. You stopped at a chain. Goodbye. Although their 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 deep dish isn't bad actually. But I'm a hot sausage from uh, slice on Broadway guy myself. Let's go to Paul on the road. Paul, ask Mark anything. Mark, the best thing you could do was have 
uh, Scott Paulson on your radio. He makes that show great. Right, it sticks and, without him. I'd be the first to confirm that. Yes, and uh, I was curious about... Um, now I forget what I called you about. Well, you know what? You made the show that much better by calling totally unprepared and literally forgetting in a split second what you called to talk about. Thank you for pitching in. I need all the help I can get. Let's go to uh, Kevin in Greensburg. Kevin, ask Mark anything. Little teasers, Mark. Come on. How about it? Hey, three questions for you. How do you like the steak done? Do you like the A1 sauce? And give me the best steak house in Pittsburgh so I can take my daughter there. Well, my favorite steakhouse is Hyde Park in Pittsburgh. If you want prime, no, you know what? Hyde Park or Ditka's, but I get prime rib at Ditka's. So if you can't prime rib a steak, that's great prime rib. Uh, but uh, I like my steak medium, slightly over medium. Like, like whenever you say medium, it comes out medium rare sometimes. I'd rather say medium well than have it come out medium. Let's go to Byron in the car. Byron, ask Mark anything. Yes, Mark, just hypothetically now, if the Penguins would have kept Flurry and Ian Cole, and just the two of them now, and they got rid of everybody else, do you think they would have made the uh, Stanley Cup final? No. Reeves also then? You're saying they would have needed No, Reeves. if they would have had Reeves, they would have won 16 straight playoff games. A guy like that, come on. Scored a goal last night, did you see it? Two nights ago, whenever it was. Okay? Okay. If you ask a stupid question, you're going to get a stupid answer. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9.